Welcome to Bottom Line's Conversations with the Experts. I'm Sarah Heiner, President of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to Dr. Marka Gronin, a board-certified geriatric psychiatrist and director of mental health services, clinical research, and the Outpatient Memory Center at Miami Jewish Health. He's also the author of the new book, The End of Old Age, Living a Longer, More Purposeful Life, and it is that book that has us talking today. So it's great to talk to you again, Mark. Great to be here. Thank you, Sarah. And, you know, this is now the fourth segment that we're doing, fourth, fourth podcast that we're doing about your book and living a more purposeful life. And that really is what I want to talk about is finding your purpose, um, because ultimately successful agent is dependent on having a sense of purpose. And in fact, you say in the book that without a purpose, the, the chances of death are greater. It's really remarkable when you look at research on purpose that it shows distinctly that people live longer. They tend to have fewer heart attacks, fewer strokes, their health is better. It is one of the most powerful things you can have. So many people are trying to find some magic pill or potion in a store that's gonna give them longer years. And yet here it is, having a sense of purpose has been shown clearly through, through, through really important research that that can make an enormous difference. However, my focus, as much as it is on living longer, it's on living better. And having a sense of purpose really gives us that sense of meaning and well-being that we want to capture. So I have a really silly question. What's, what is a sense of purpose? I mean, because does a sense of purpose have to be, I cure cancer? Or can a sense of purpose be as simple as, I get up today because I have a pet cat and the cat relies on me? It really can be simple. If you look at the literal definition of purpose and where the word comes from, you know, it refers to, to our, our aim, our intention. It, it comes from the word to put forth. It's what direction we're heading in, what we're going to do today, this month, this year. It's, it's actively walking into the future. And one thing we know is that when you have a sense of the future and where you're going, that gives you hope. And that drives you forward. So it might be something very simple or something grand, but it makes a difference. The key thing here is to, is to expand upon it. That's really the most important element. And I think you know, there's, there's a point that I've been making in every one of these segments and that your book has just made so clear in my mind, which is that we are inverted in our perception of aging in this country and that we think that the minute we start creaking, when the minute we start, our brain starts getting a little bit foggy, that we are now on a slow si slide to death. And that purpose goes away. The only purpose is survival. Like all it is is just holding on tight to last rather than realizing that there's new challenges and new opportunities to be had at every one of these life stages. That's true. And it's tragic when people don't realize that and they give up. I have to tell you, in my work, I've seen absolutely stunning situations where individuals gained a new sense of purpose and it transformed them. In my previous book, How We Age, I talk about one woman in particular who came to me uh, in her late 80s stating that she really was ready to die. She didn't feel she uh, had a, anything to do, anything in her future. And a few weeks after that, an elderly sister-in-law came to live with her and was totally reliant on her. And this woman had to be a caregiver. Suddenly she went from someone who was almost suicidal 
to someone who had an incredible purpose right in front of her, it transformed her. She was more physically active. She was more, uh, you know, mentally active, busy, uh, happy. It's remarkable, the transformation. I've seen this when people rediscover something like that. Sometimes it's when they find love again. And I can tell you, if, if, if you don't believe that people in their 80s and 90s can, can find love and experience it like young people do, you're wrong because I've seen that before and that gives them a purpose. So it can come in many, many different forms. That's awesome. So now, but let me ask you this. You know, you know I'm trying to get what I call it the average person to connect to this because it's easy to see the despondent person on the couch. It's easy to see the person that suddenly has a purpose to care for their ailing family member. But there's a whole bunch of people in the middle who don't realize how dead they are. I don't mean physically dead. That they're just kind of going through the motions that are purposeless, right? So that they kind of, they get up, they go to work, they trudge home, they do that. But their life is a trudge. And that those people, too, need to find, there's, there's a spark to be found. You don't have to be despondent to be purposeless. Sure. And I think there are two different reasons for this. Number one is people are living a lot longer than ever and into times that they didn't really imagine and they didn't plan for. And so obviously it's hard to have a purpose for, for a time in life you didn't imagine you'd be there. The second thing is that, and we all see this, uh, society has changed. And it used to be when you were older, you had a very well-defined role in the family and in the community, and that gave you a purpose. We don't see that as much anymore. It used to be if you were lucky enough to survive into your 60s and 70s and you were a grandparent, they needed you. You needed to help take care of grandchildren, teach them, teach other young people in the community, serve as an elder. You had such a role, and that in itself gave people a purpose. It's more difficult today, but it doesn't mean that there aren't so many opportunities out there that can really do that. But we all need help. We need connections. This can't be just a, a solo trek. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about you have a five-step process for redefining yourself and finding that purpose. So can we walk through that? Sure. So step one, you say, is define the reserve. Yes. So what does that mean? So this basically is when I write about the concept of wisdom, think about you know, what have you accomplished in life? What are your interests? What are your goals? What are your relationships? Everything that your brain has done in your life, because you have that rich storage of, of connections and interests and, and relationships, you need to really take stock of that because you know what your base is, you know where you can begin. Uh, so that has to be step one. And I find for many people, it really gives them a sense of, of who they are and a sense of integrity. So that's really sitting slowly and l reflecting back on what they've done, and big and small, right? But really taking a slow look back. And you talk about, you've got five elements um, in the book. You talk about wisdom, they're, or they're savant, they're a sage, they're a curator, different aspects that help them think about and kind of prod their reflection. And I, I tell people, do this with someone who really knows you well and who cares about you, because they will point out things that you maybe would not have thought about before. This is not a time to be humble with this, this uh, exercise. You want people who really want to pump you up and really look at all the different things that have been, been part of your life. Everyone has an array of this. So, this. so what are some aspects that people often overlook? You know, again, it's easy to say I cured cancer. It's easy to say that I saved people from a burning building. What are the things that are still important but they, they tend to forget about? They take their roles for granted. They don't realize the impact that they've had on other people's lives. And so, you know, for instance, um, often in a family, you know, a grandparent 
uh, sometimes it's simply their presence or very simple things they do that they don't really put much stock in, but yet it's, it holds the families together or it inspires other people in the family or something that they haven't chosen to do. Maybe they have, they, they witnessed a certain part of history or grew up in a certain time that they've never shared that with someone. And yet that is part of their wisdom. And that's part of the gifts that they have that, that, that they can impart to other people. Yeah. And I think, again, I keep reinforcing some of these points. I mean, the fact that as we age, we've accumulated this wisdom, we've accumulated just through experience and perspective, and it, you know that, that we are wiser than we were when we're 20 years old. And that is unto itself, the process of getting here gave us a gift. Absolutely. I'm talking to bottom line expert, Dr. Marka Gronin about his new book, The End of Old Age, and how staying young starts with the understanding that we're not simply getting old, but that we are refining skills as we age. This book will turn your perspective on aging inside out with case histories and beautiful stories of how people evolve, not erode as they age. The End of Old Age is available at our Bottom Line store at bottomlinestore.com. And when you use coupon code EVOLVE, that's E-V-O-L-V-E, you'll get 20% off when you buy it. Visit bottomlinestore.com, your expert source for wellness and more, bottomlinestore.com. All right, so now point to, uh, step two is resilience. So you look to places where people actually had to be resilient, challenges they had. Sure. And resilience basically refers to, you know, when you face some form of adversity, getting back to your baseline, rebalancing the situation. But to me, it's, it's a lot more powerful than that because everyone has faced adversity. And the way we get through that, the way that we strategize the creative solutions we come up with, it really shows what our, our strengths are and ultimately what our purpose is. Because if you're facing a really difficult dilemma, whether it's retiring, whether it's losing a spouse, whether it's a major illness, you have to put your purpose into action here. So you, you really see what you're made of. And I find that this gives people a, a sense of what's called self-efficacy, meaning a belief that they can actually do something because they've done it already. Right, and it's always those challenges that builds esteem and confidence in everybody through their lives. Sure. And one thing that's so clear about this is we, we would look at kids and say, well, obviously this is, you know, kids have to uh, learn skills and practice them to be confident. That doesn't change when we get older. It's the same process and it can have the same impact on us. But this is the whole point that we can't lose sight of the fact that we're still growing and developing. You don't stop at a certain age. Um, you know, when that letter comes in the mail from AARP, it doesn't mean suddenly you stop growing or stop gaining wisdom. Quite the contrary. No, it's, it's almost accelerated at this stage. Okay, so step one, they found the reserve. They look to see what their, the elements are that they have. They look to see what, what they've, they've kind of put on their bookshelf through the years, through their experience. They've then identified their stages of resilience. Where have they bounced back? And then step three is something you call reinvention. Yes, this is a really key step because this is where people begin to think about making change. It's one thing to take stock of what you've done and, and say, okay, that's great. Now I'm going to just, you know, take it easy and, and slide into home base. But I challenge people here to start thinking about what do you want to do in, in whatever years you have? What do you want to accomplish? What direction do you want to go into? And reinvention refers to the fact that to some extent you take stock of this, but you have to also be able to let go of things. You're a different person. You're in a different world. You have different relationships. And if you're not willing to think about things in a new way, it's going to be very, very difficult to move forward. And this is where a lot of people get stuck. 
Um, I'll give you the perfect example is with technology today. Too many older individuals really give up with this in terms of learning to use computers and iPhones, and they, they think this is only a domain of young people. To me, that's a critical mistake because uh, there is a whole new world open to them, and they have the ability to learn and master these things um, and to really give meaning to it and to force people designing new technology to take into consideration their interests and their preferences. So is part, so sometimes it's hard to imagine a new world, so especially you're talking about technology, where I've never done technology before, and now to even consider that that would be part of my life. And you talk about you know, the exercise, the who I am is easy to do in that exercise, the who I was, but then talk about who I will be. Like, is it, do sometimes you need to take a break in this and, and kind of talk to friends and family and even start in some ways network with people to try to uncover who you will be, like what other, what options there are open to you? Yeah, I think about it, uh, you know, when you have kids go to college and they have that college fair where they, you know, walk by 80 tables and all different things they can do. And sometimes you try this, you try that. It works. It doesn't work. Um, for a lot of people, that it's a very exciting concept. And especially after retirement um, or when someone is no longer has have children in the home or they've had relationships changed, they have a new horizon that they can work on these different things and try it out. And sometimes it works, sometimes not, but that sometimes the whole process and the exploration can really be exhilarating and uh, take you to new places and teach you things that you didn't imagine you could do before. And anything's an option is the other thing. Like there's no reason that anyone can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, obviously there, there are always going to be some limitations for what people can do, but, but, uh, but there's such an amazing number of opportunities out there that you're never going to run out of anything. Right. Okay. So now, so, so now they've reinvented themselves. They talked about the who I am, who I was, who I'm going to be. And then the next stage you call define the legacy. So one thing that's unique about aging is that obviously it brings us closer to the end of our lives, to closer to death. And a lot of people look at this and say, when, you know, that's, that's the downside of this and that's the dark part of this. And, and look, there's no way you can paint that in any brighter colors. But for many people, this provides an impetus to think about what do they really want to leave behind for their, their children, their family, their community. And I find sometimes those legacy producing endeavors have the deepest sense of purpose, the greatest drive for people, because they really do want to, to think that their life had some meaning in a greater scheme. And the older brain tends to think more broadly and, able to, and is able to better see one's own life within the, the whole flow of history. And is it so working towards, so once you define this legacy that you want, is it working toward this legacy that becomes your next purpose? It could be for some people. Um, for instance, uh, I, I know a number of different older individuals that every year they take one or more of their grandchildren on a trip someplace. And it's a time just for them to build a relationship with them. But they often, a lot of people will pick places that are meaningful. So they'll take them to maybe a country where the family came from. Um, but they share an experience which will leave a permanent and often immensely influential uh, impact on, on younger people, something they take with them their entire life. And it's really passing the baton. Um, I find that this is, this is how history flows. This is how culture flows that we, you know, the gifts we get from people who came before us. 
Um, and, and too often we lose that because we don't have the same connections between younger and older people. But legacy allows us to really stitch that together. Can somebody have multiple purposes and or multiple legacies at the same time? So you talk about an annual trip with grandchildren or there's a great, beautiful story in the book about the woman who had survived the um, Holocaust in a Nazi camp and brought people back there, brought school children back there every year. Um, so, what, so that would be one piece. So once a year she takes that trip. Can somebody have multiple purposes, multiple legacies? Sure. And, and, and sometimes they, when they tie together, it makes it even more meaningful. So for instance, for, um, there's a very large community of Holocaust survivors in Miami and I've worked with so many of them and, you know, when they're able to, um, not only teach their family, that's a purpose. Then they go out to, you know, the community and schools, that's a larger purpose. It also is healing for them. And I find for some people, the most wonderful thing is that, you know, to tap into something from the world before they underwent such traumatic experiences and to bring that into the future. So that's where maybe it's a recipe that they remember as a child that they can cook now. And I work with a woman who's a survivor who created a whole cookbook of all the different dishes from the world she came from. And uh, every time she comes to visit uh, in the clinic, she'll bring some dish from, uh, from this cookbook. And so you have someone who has a very tragic history for part of their life, but they're also able to bring something meaningful and beautiful from before that time. And it's, it's not only wonderful for everyone around her, but it's healing for her as well. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about hurdles to all of this, and then we'll come back to point five, which is celebration. Um, because something that, I, that really impressed me um, when, so my, my father died a few years ago. So my mother at age... 82, coming from the Depression era of babies, first time in her life that the choice was hers. She was married for over 50 years, that she was a good wife. You know, she had, they had a great relationship, but dad, you know, the man was in charge um, of so many things. And now suddenly she had thought like, it, she, it was her choice. What did she want to do? Where did she want to go? How did she want to spend her time? And for her, she's really risen to that occasion. But for a lot of people, that can be daunting. You know, when you, for, you've, in this generation where you know, the, the women in particular did not really have power and choice, how, how do you overcome those things? How do you overcome the fears of being, of, you know, you never had to answer the question, what do you want? And That's suddenly right. you can. Sometimes there are real barriers to that um, that have to be worked around. And then it comes down to what are your expectations? So for me, the key is to want to move forward and to want to do something new and different and then to find a way to do that. And it might not meet our expectations. We might face a lot of challenges or anxiety, but um, you know, there are certainly ways that we can do that. This is where family really can play a role because um, by being with someone, supporting them, talking with them, over time, they can find ways to realize this, and there are almost always different solutions to get around those dilemmas. The most difficult is when people are suffering from cognitive loss, because then they need other people to help them, and it might be their purpose may be a lot more limited, um, and it, it's totally dependent on other people to help, but it doesn't mean that it still can't be realized in some way. Yes, another barrier to overcome. Is it best for these people that you can start small? Again, like we're talking about, you make the meatballs, you 
You know, you get your choice of that you want to go to a movie every week, right? Whatever it is, but to start small and to realize that you really do have the ability to make some of these choices. Exactly. That's the key is to keep those um, expectations in check and, and to start with something small and let it build from there. And it's a trial balloon. You know, you see really how things go based on that one uh, particular activity and it helps you adjust going forward. You know, it's funny. I have, I have children that are in their early 20s and it's almost the same advice that I give to them as for people at this stage. So when they're trying to decide about their job and are they going to make the right decision or the wrong decision, I say, it doesn't matter. Try it. If it's not right, you'll get a different job. If you don't like the class you're in, then you'll take a different class. And in this stage as well, try something. If you don't like it, there are other options to be made, but it's okay to try. That's right. It's such a, it's such a natural process and approach. We just need to then apply that to later life as well. But often we don't say that to older individuals or they don't say that to themselves. Um, and yet it's something very simple. And that sometimes can really open up a, a channel for someone. Yeah. Well, and again, I think at this stage, and you know, we're talking, it's not even 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, in some ways, 50s, 60s are starting to limit their choices and starting to think, I really don't have that many choices anymore. But no, you really do. You do have a long life left in front of you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, we have to be realistic, um, but uh, not limit ourselves by the same token. And this is, for me, the essence of the book, because it's all about just reorienting our perspective here and realizing that aging brings us strengths that we're going to use for all these different endeavors. If we don't even take that attitude to begin with, already we're limited before we even begun to think about the, the coming decades. Exactly. All right, so let's talk uh, quickly about the last aspect of this, which I think is so important, the concept of celebration. Why is it important to celebrate? We have rituals for almost every stage of life and major events. We have so few for aging. Rituals, ceremonies, they're important because they allow us to get together as a family or community and support other people. They mark a transition point. And these transition points can be really fraught with anxiety. And that's the whole point of the ceremony is to support someone to market and to help them get through that time. We need the same for late life when people retire, when they move into a new house or they move into a facility or you know they, they lose someone special. I think that these ceremonies like that, um, whether it's a commemoration or a celebration, whatever you want to call it, helps guide us forward and helps support us and brings us together, uh, both as families, communities, but and across generations as well. And you're talking about celebrations of, it's not just, I finished my exercise in Dr. Gronin's book, and now I know my purpose, but it really is a celebration of, if you did your painting, if you went on your trip, if you, you know, whatever these different stages are, to mark them with some kind of a moment of acknowledgement. Yeah, and to be thoughtful about it. So for instance, um, I, I give the example in the book where I had a colleague who turned 50. Now, I don't think anyone listening to this thinks is going to consider 50 very old, but all the gag gifts he got really poked fun at aging and made it sound like uh, things are, are really turning down now. And I thought, well, boy, maybe we really should be celebrating everything he's accomplished and what we, the great gift we have in this person and what they're going to do going forward. And so that's, that's important to do. I think a lot of people make a big deal out of, of 80th or 90th or even 100th 
birthdays, which is wonderful. But uh, my suggestion is it's not just about having a cake and singing to the person. It's about reflecting on who is this person? What is they, What have they given us? You know, we spend so much time eulogizing people, but we need to do that when they're still alive and still able to to give us all their gifts. Uh, and I mean, when I use the word gifts, I mean all their different skills and abilities and wisdom and, and really celebrate that while they're still alive. I agree. I, my running joke in my family, I love birthdays. I always say that the birthday is the one day of the year when I can actually be a princess and that everybody has to tend to me. Every other day, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a boss, but everyone should have that one moment in time when they are truly honored. Yes, we, we all need that. It's so important. Absolutely. All right. Well, Dr. Mark Gronin, I love your book. I love your message, The End of Old Age, Living a Longer, More Purposeful Life. And this is a book not for grandparents. It is for every age because it's, it's all of us that are going to get to these stages. And unless we flip our thinking into the fact that we are simply evolving, we'll use my phrase, evolve, we are evolving, not eroding. Um, that we're evolving as we age and that there's a whole world of opportunity out there and it's not a slow walk into death, that we are all missing a huge opportunity in life and as a community. That's a wonderful summary and I'm so happy to be able to share this message with your listeners. So your book, The End of Old Age, Living a Longer, More Purposeful Life, they can buy it at our store, bottomlinestore.com. And I love talking to you and we'll do it again. Thank you so much, Dr. Mark Gronin. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm talking to bottom line expert, Dr. Marco Gronin, about his new book, The End of Old Age, and how staying young starts with the understanding that we're not simply getting old, but that we are refining skills as we age. This book will turn your perspective on aging inside out with case histories and beautiful stories of how people evolve, not erode as they age. The End of Old Age is available at our bottom line store at bottomlinestore.com. And when you use coupon code EVOLVE, that's E-V-O-L-V-E, you'll get 20% off when you buy it. Visit BottomLineStore.com, your expert source for wellness and more. BottomLineStore.com.